then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, Life After Addiction, and it is Good Friday. Uh, I'm Adam Comer. I'm Bruce Stanley. So here, man, today is a very, um, we call it good, uh, but it is the events that took place on this day that we celebrate. Um, the word good should not be mentioned, uh, but it was good because of what it means for us as mankind. Um, in fact, the worst atrocity in the history of the world took place on this day as Jesus was uh, crucified and he was the only man, the only innocent man to ever live, the only one to be sinless, and he was crucified and tortured. And, and so today is Good Friday, and obviously I'm, um, uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm kind of somber about this right now, uh, but this is the season. This is the time that God saved me, um, truly saved me, and brought me out of addiction uh, broke the chains of addiction was when I came into S2O. I'd gone to other rehabs, tried other things. When I came into S2O, it was right at this time. And for the first time, my eyes were open to actually what Easter meant. And so today, guys, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about Good Friday, Easter, uh, and some different things. And, and basically what it means like this is this is the I've heard it say, this is the super bowl for christians easter every year is the super bowl for christians and the impact that it has the the centerpiece of mankind the 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 date of easter what we celebrate as christians is the centerpiece of everything that's ever happened that god was ever going to do the plan of mankind it comes down to this if Jesus missed the cross, we'd all be in trouble. If he didn't go to the cross, we'd all have the wrath of God on us. And because we celebrate Easter, the things that took place, man, we can sing the songs. We can have the joy. When we talk about, you know, every song that you ever raise your hand up to, just think about how happy and how joyful and how much joy that brings. But when you boil it down, it's this date, the scourging of Jesus. The slaughter, the sphagy, is the way the Bible describes what took place. He was slaughtered, uh, beaten, back ripped open, carried a hundred pound, probably a hundred up to a hundred pound cross that was recycled that was used on someone else. The splinters, the the ruggedness of that cross, the back that was ripped open, and this this is hard to talk about, right? We're not, we don't have a lot of kids listening to the podcast, but this is what took place. And, and the way that the cross killed someone wasn't from loss of blood. These were pros, right? The Romans were pro executioners. You would have to, their their hands and feet would be nailed and the lungs, you'd have to straighten yourself out to take a breath. And so people would die of suffocation because they got so tired and so weak. And think about the back being ripped to shreds and having to, the only way you could breathe is to press your back, raise up against that splintery cross to take a breath. And on this day, God entered into his own creation and lived perfect. 
for 33 and a half years and came and died for us. Now, now here's the thing. Luther calls this the great exchange. Martin Luther calls this the great exchange. On the cross, Jesus exchanged, exchanged his perfection for our imperfection, his obedience for our disobedience, his intimacy with the Father for our distance, his life for our death, his righteousness for our death. Man, and, and that's what we celebrate Easter, and it is so important that we understand this, and we're so thankful. And we, the picture of God, the thing that God was going to do from the beginning was this. He had to provide a sacrifice because he is a just and holy God, and sin had to be dealt with, and this is the day we celebrate it. Bruce? Amen. Uh, you know, obviously, thinking about the crucifixion and the death of Jesus on, on that cross on Calvary, uh, it should bring you to tears when you think about the the impact that was actually taking place and that Jesus took upon the sins of the world. Mm. Uh, but it was necessary, and he did it willingly. And so the tears turned to joy, yeah. and why we call it Good Friday, because he said on the cross, it is finished. Meaning that for the thousands of years that had happened up to that point, and all the people waiting uh, for this Messiah to come to bear the sins of the world so that it nullified all the sacrifices, everything that was a foreshadowing to the thing that would come that Jesus did on that cross. Uh, it, it accomplishes three things. And the hope that comes from these things is three days later he was resurrected from the dead. Conquered death. Without the resurrection, that makes no sense. The crucifixion alone itself would be completely in vain and empty without the resurrection. And so we have to embrace both of those, and that's what gives us hope and why on Good Friday we can weep and share tears of joy uh, that our, our Christ, our God, did these things for us. And so when we talk about Easter, it, it also encompasses the, the amazing promise of God and what comes out of that. You know? Yeah, and... and- I just can't, I, it's very, for me, it's, it's a, I think for any Christian, it's a, it's a time of year that we can somber on Friday and hallelujah on Sunday, right? Somber on Friday, hallelujah on Sunday. But for me, it's just this moment that I can't ever forget it. It's almost like tangible. I could taste it. I could feel it. Like this is the time that the weight of my sin, of my lifestyle of the things that I was doing, the destruction that I was causing, the the chaos that I brought to my family, all of the weight of that sin was, I could see it and feel it. And for the first time, I didn't try to blame someone else. I didn't try to numb it. And here was the big one. I didn't allow it to, I didn't turn it back around on me and just say, oh, woe is me and fall into this place. I saw that my God came and took punishment for all of that. And what the word of God says is that if I'm in him, if I believe in him for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in me, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. And so his righteousness is imputed to me. If I lay that down, I surrender my life to him. And man, that was a glorious thing for me. Like it made sense now. And it was like, what, Uh, what, 
and all of the, uh, I was a thief, man. I was a drug addict and all of these things. And he went to the cross for me and it just clicked, man. And I had heard, I grew up in church. It wasn't like I'd never been to Easter Sunday and I didn't know the story. And, but it was just this moment. This, the weight of my sin had to be felt, right? You, you, I don't think you could truly understand the mercy of God until you fully understand the wrath of God and how Absolutely. it was poured out. Yeah, and so I, I, would, I mentioned how there's three things in all this. Yeah. And, and people like to call it the shuns of Easter, you know, but it's, it's, the, it's the, the justification, the imputation, and the sanctification that Easter is all about. Um, and so I think what most of us have to get past, especially those who've been brought up in church our whole lives. And this, as a child, it was a story. And, and, and believe it or not, most people still think of it that way. And they've never really considered the true supernatural impact in the universe that took place. Even so much so that when you look in, Revelations chapter 21, when it talks about the new heaven and the new earth, you know, that the impact of you really understand, we just did an episode on reality, like the reality of what we're dealing with here and trying to understand it is beyond our ability. But we do have the capacity God has given us that to, to embrace it so that it should bring us to an understanding of wow, just of of awe, of wonder, of like, how could this actually take place? When you look at Revelations chapter 21, it talks about a new heaven and a new earth. It's talking about the universe, like the universe that we know, right, which we don't know hardly any of it, is going to go away and a new universe is going to come and a new earth is going to happen. And the city, the new city of Jerusalem will come down. We will live in that city. And the you're talking about the power of God that goes beyond any understanding. Mm. And what Jesus did as our Messiah on that cross is he justified us in a fallen world where we've fallen short of the glory of God, that we've all sinned, and that God's expectation of perfection is the standard that we can't meet unless we have somebody who does this for us. It's the ultimate sacrifice for to satisfy God's wrath in sin that's what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. And because of that, taking all the sin on himself, that we, we should have been on that cross. He took our place. So in our stead, he died for us so that it satisfied God's wrath to make us righteous before God so that we could have a relationship with God. That's the whole point of the justification and the, the crucifixion was to make us right with God for all those who believe. If you don't believe this, you're not right with God. God's wrath is still upon you until you surrender your faith in believing this happened. And man, I'm just going to tell you, many Christians still walk this life still not fully grasping that they have been justified. Yeah. And living out a life that they feel like they're not worthy to God, not have a don't feel like they can be, have a relationship with God because of their brokenness or these they're, they're they're basically trampling on the blood of Christ, treating it as it was common. It's some story that really isn't real, that nothing really happened in that. Well, I would say that they're not a Christian. Yeah. I would say so, they're not a Christian. Yeah, but I, I mean, no one's able to judge a person's heart except for God. And people, there's many people who call themselves Christians who really aren't. And true. I'm just, I'm saying. I got what The true saying. Christian like, understands and, and embraces what I'm talking mm -hmm. about when it comes to justification yeah. in that. That we were justified because of the crucifixion, 
to be one with God, to be in relationship. And when Jesus breathed his last breath, the veil between the holy place and the holy of holies, which mm. is where the, only the high priest could go yeah. in. There was a separation, was a separation symbol. And yeah. that veil was torn, symbolizing that we now have complete access to God because of Christ. We are justified. I love how the Bible uses these types of words because we can relate to what that is. When you're standing in a court of law in front of a judge and you have been justified, meaning you've been pardoned, set free, we understand what that means. That means it has been annulled, that I'm free to go, like whatever it was that I did has been pardoned. It's no longer I'm no longer accountable for that, and I've been set free. Even so much so that we say, look, you can't do double jeopardy. You can't be tried for the same yeah. for the same uh, uh, offense, right? And and so if we understand that, then we should be able to apply it to this understanding that Jesus is what Jesus has done on the cross to say, look, you've been pardoned, you've been justified. You no longer are held guilty to that thing that you did. You've been set free. Hmm. Yeah, I think that I, I talk about the gruesomeness of the physical pain of the cross, but that was that was something that we can relate to. But the the worst part of the cross for Jesus was not the physical beatings all night and then being uh, hung there. It was the wrath of God, the cup that he drank. That was the cup that he asked God. Um, thy will be done, but if this cup could pass from me, but your will be done. And, and in that moment, when the wrath of God was being poured out amongst the scourging, amongst the crucifixion and the pain and just the mocking, uh, imagine he's also there naked, right? The king of kings. And man, he did that for me uh, and you. And he's he's there and the wrath of God is being poured out and he says, Ali, Ali, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you could just imagine. Uh, you want to do a quick, uh, uh, as you're listening to this, pull up your, your app or open your Bible and go to Psalm 22, which was a Messianic Psalm. It's right before Psalm 23. Uh, Psalm would have been very popular, would have been very well known because the, and the, for the Jews of the day because they were expecting a Messiah, according to the Old Testament. And the opening of that psalm is what, Bruce? Do you have it? I psalm, psalm, no, I wasn't looking it up. I'm psalm, sorry. Psalm 22 starts off with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it closes with, it is finished. Yep. Interesting. And all through that psalm, it's basically describing what the people in the crowd are seeing talks about hands and feet being pierced, talks about him casting lots for his garments. It was, it was interesting that that took place. Um, but wow, this episode's fly by. It's already 15 <laughs> minutes. You got something else yeah, and I, I have a point I want to hit before I do, we close. Because, uh, Romans three twenty four says be, being justified freely by his grace mm. through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. And so that, I think what you're trying to describe there, the most hurtful thing that Jesus encountered in, in the crucifixion was the moment of separation from God. So Jesus being God, the part of the Trinity, he existed before time began with God. Uh, we know this from Scripture in John 1, 1, and, and how that moment that he was separated from God as a man, as Christ, as the Messiah— so that he could be the fulfillment of the penalty for sin for us. Yeah. That was the worst part in the crucifixion than anything. I think that's what you're trying to say yeah. there. Um, the wrath of God being poured out on him. Yeah. And he drinking that cup, him, him taking it for us. 
And so the other shun is the imputation, right? So when we look at Jesus sitting at, uh, and talking to Nicodemus, right? He's telling him uh, what, what must happen for him to have salvation, and then he must be born again, right? And it's that you have to die to yourself and then be resurrected, basically, to a new life, right? And so the Bible is talking about what happened on that cross and the resurrection. So we also died on that cross with Christ, that through Christ, we died also. And we are then, through his resurrection, also raised to new life in this born-again mentality. And it's not something that man created. It's not the words of man. Jesus used those words, born-again. And so it's a spiritual death. It's not a physical death. It's a spiritual death that we die. And what that means is that Jesus' death on the cross was imputed into us, meaning just as it happened to us also that we also can die on that cross with Jesus and the old self can go away and the new self can come being imputed also into his resurrection to new life. That spiritually we're reborn. It doesn't matter what age you are, that this happens, it's a spiritual rebirth. And there's an imputation that, that takes place because of the crucifixion and the resurrection that makes this moment in time, like you said, the Super Bowl of our faith. It's Without this, our faith is nothing. Without this, it's meaningless in the sense of how we're made right with God or not. And because without it, we, we're doomed. We're a creation that has been cursed because of sin. And so without this, there's, there's no hope. There's no freedom. There's, there's no promises uh, past this life and, and what the expectations are. Yeah. And then the last shun is now that we've embraced this, now that we've understood the justification of what Christ did and the imputation of not only his death, but his rebirth, his resurrection. And his, his righteousness. And his righteousness. The great exchange, the right? The great exchange. For our sake, I mean, him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God because the standard's perfection. Right. right, which then brings us in alignment and full access to God because now we're made righteous, so there's no shame, there's no guilt anymore. Right. We can approach God, we can talk to God, we can speak to Him. But then there's this this last shun, which is sanctification. And so understanding all this, believing all this, knowing this, that we, we don't deny it, we don't walk away from it, we don't try to accept some other false reality <laughs> Uh, but that this is it. This is it, and this is it alone. And Jesus says, "I am the way. I am the truth. Nothing comes. No one comes to the Father except through me." That we embrace this, and because of this, we we become transformed. We, it's a process that takes our entire lifetime of being sanctified, being purified, and through the blood of Christ to live a different life because of what yeah. happened. Yeah. And that we become a different person. This rebirth grows into a maturity of a Christian that says, man, I'm not what I used to be. I'm this now because of the grace of God and what Christ did on the cross and his resurrection, that I can live a different life full of joy, full of peace, full of contentment and satisfaction based on what Christ did and why Easter is so beautiful and what that means to a Christian or should mean to a Christian. Yeah, I heard a, uh, I heard a, a poem, a piece of a poem, uh, Jesus wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection, we all cheered because that means the check cleared. <laughs> Put a stamp on it, man. Uh, celebrating just, and, and even for what God's called us to do. So even what we're doing every day, the, 
I, so I'm trying to bring it down just to the so people, Christians, believers can really just this is a a daily thing of how huge this is. What you and I do is we tell guys that there's freedom of Christ, freedom in Christ. There's not freedom in Christ if he didn't die for our sins, take our place, impute his righteousness, and stamp it with rising from the dead. It's true. It happened. The resurrection, Easter is such a big deal. It's like, but then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. Love it, man. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, we celebrate it. was arrested and my life began. Yes. We should stick to podcasts, not singing. Yeah. <laughs> Talking, not singing. Yeah. But, but yeah, man. So it's, oh man, what a, what a moment. And so we challenge you. You're you're hearing this. Hopefully, it's it is Good Friday, or maybe you're catching up with it on Saturday, or maybe even Easter Sunday, or maybe after Easter. I want you to look back then. But this moment of what God did, His plan, His plan from the beginning was to draw us back to Him, was to redeem mankind by uh, providing a way of perfect unity with Him. Uh, removing our sin, paying for. And guys, it wasn't just like abracadabra, no more sin. No, our God's a just God and a holy God. And he says that the wages of sin is death and evil. God, our God has to punish evil injustices. And I, I, I don't know that I could serve a God that didn't. And so there had to be blood payment. Had to be a blood payment. That's why you see all in the Old Testament the shadow of of sacrifices being made. The blood, life is in the blood. There had to be payment for sin every year until the final sacrifice, the the offering of Christ, who went to the cross willingly, willingly. Man, yeah. I love it. And there's freedom because he came out the grave three days. Man, Sunday. Yeah, what a beautiful, what a yeah. beautiful thing. And so, man, I, I feel like we should close with this, and and because it's such the heartbeat of S two L and what we we teach guys there, which is the same thing God's trying to teach all of us, really. It, and it is this this sanctification, this growth, you know, this yeah. this this final component of a life worth living for Christ because of Christ that we can move away from the things that we used to do, so caught up in all this falseness and things. But because of the supernatural power of what happened on the cross and the resurrection of Christ on Easter Sunday, is, is that we can grow into and become more and more like Christ on a, on a daily. And it's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's not an us and them. God's way out there and I'm way down here. And he's all this and I'm not. And there's no thing. There's a great chasm between us. And, and it's not like that. The goal of God from the beginning, like you said, was to, to bring man to himself in a relationship. Meaning God, I love John chapter 17. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It talks about this, this becoming one with God that Jesus himself is praying to the Father and he says, just as we are one, Father, make them one with us so that together we can all be one. Mm. It's this beautiful picture of God's ultimate goal with man, his creation, to to bring us into a relationship that is such a privilege. It's not about a bunch of rules that I have to abide by in order to be right with God. No, it's it's an opportunity for me to live in such a way that I could be close to God and, and abiding in him and him and me that this life can be good and life can be a little piece of heaven while we're waiting on heaven. 
Yeah. And, and that that's God's ultimate goal, and it was accomplished through Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross and raised a new life, and that God wants us to embrace this so that we don't look at our sanctification, our growth and, and maturity in our faith as, as some sort of obligation or some act of obedience that's just frustrating or I don't really want to do it. No, the, it, it, the, the goal is to be one with God. And it's an opportunity, a privilege mm. that second that first Peter chapter one says even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Mm. Man. I'll tell you this, uh some scripture. Can I read some scripture yes. in close? Check this out. Um <laughs> we say some very bold things at S2L well about addiction that a lot of the addiction recovery world doesn't believe. We say that you don't have to be an addict your whole life. And we say that there's absolute freedom from it. And we say, hey, don't identify yourself. Don't don't raise your hand and say, hey, you're Tony and you're a drunk. That's not how it works here. That's not what the word of God says. Right. And we described all the reasons why, uh, what he did for you, right? But check this out. This is in Romans. This is, this is uh, Romans chapter, I want to say six, um, yeah, Romans chapter 6, verses 10 uh, and 11. Hear this with me. This is Paul writing. Verse 9, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to, to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your bodies as mem- do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Uh, and then as you go to let me skip over to that's incredible, but then you skip over to the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies. The same power same power, that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in those who believe. And you want to tell me addiction is something to be worried about? I'm talking about resurrection power. Amen. That's why we proclaim what we proclaim, man. That's why we proclaim it. It's not us. It's not behavior modification. It's not a rational way of thinking out of something. It's the power of God that that, that transforms a human being from one thing to the next. Yeah. That's, that is the ultimate answer, not just for addiction, but for everything. 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 It's the same power at work in you. If you are a believer, tap into that, guys. Know that. We love you. Life After Addiction. Happy Easter, guys. Amen. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. 
Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.